Hey there, it's Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, a podcast geared towards the things you may be misunderstanding about the difficult relationships in your life. I did not understand it when I was in it, but I definitely understand it now, and I want to share that understanding with you so that you too can find the courage you didn't know you had to make the changes you didn't think you could make. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Heidi, your Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist, and this is It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. Thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing the podcast. Um, I am really, really liking doing the podcast. You know, when I started, I was a little iffy uh, because the reason I actually started the podcast was to get used to talking um, to the public better without having to follow note cards. And now I go about three days and I feel like I haven't visited my family, meaning you guys. Um, I have made so many incredible connections through doing the podcast and people messaging in that I kind of feel like I miss you guys when I'm not talking to you. So um, thank you also for the people who do message in and just let me know that you've listen to the podcast and kind of what your situation is and you know the the things that you have found that are helpful in the podcast because that really helps me um, know what you're looking for and what you guys are seeking to hear for future episodes. Stuff like that also helps me develop um, some of my speaking uh, programs and also helps me develop some of my coaching programs. So I get a lot of feedback from you guys. So I appreciate everything every one of you listeners is doing. Couple of announcements. The Strength Within um, Facebook support group is growing like crazy. So um, I know there is a lot of great toxic relationship, emotional abuse, narcissistic abuse support groups out there. Um, If you are looking for one that is closed, meaning you have to ask to uh, be added to it. And there is a few questions. So uh, my team and I have to approve anybody that comes in there. And the reason I do that is for the safety of the people that are in the group. It gives a little bit more freedom to share than on a public Facebook page. Um, Only the people that are in that group can see what is posted in that group. And as far as I can tell, the group's been up and running for about five months now. People are very, very concerned about your safety also, meaning the other members. They are all in it for the same reason, and we all understand what it is the other people are struggling with. So um, they're very, very particular about your safety and respecting your situation and respecting what you've got going on. Now, the one thing about that group that is a little bit different is it is a forward motion positive support group. We don't spend a ton of time complaining about the toxic people. Uh, We have, you know, different places and different avenues to learn that. And so I have seen so much growth and I have seen so many people just thankful that they found that group. And that has nothing to do with me. I admin that group, but the people in that group are able to support each other, which is absolutely priceless because people all over the country are making connections within that group. And it's been very resourceful for those who are in it and it has been very helpful. So if you are looking for a group that is closed, which means 
it's a lot more private. Um, it is not secret. It can be searched, but nobody, unless they're in it, can see who's in it or see what's being posted. Um, search strength within. And it's finding the strength within yourself and the strength within others. So it's just, it's a great way for you to feel a support system around you uh, if you don't have that. It's also a great way for you to get a support system around you if you have been isolated from yours. So strength within growing very, very quickly. Um, I pop in, in in there occasionally and sometimes I do live videos. And so you can even see what I look like for all of you who've only been listening to my voice. Um, the other announcement that I have, obviously it's the one I can't wait to tell you. And of course I've been told not to say anything until everything's ready, but I've announced it twice already because I can't wait, um, is the group coaching. My group coaching is transitioning from local in my local area to online. So any of you who've been wanting to take advantage of learning directly from me, the steps to remove yourself and the character traits, um, it is it is the exact program that I take my coaching clients through here that are local to me and the people that are on the phone, but we will do it in a group setting and it will be on Facebook. So you can, you can take advantage of this from wherever you are. That will, that will be obviously a secret group and it will be used for education. So if you're, you have thought about maybe you need some help or maybe you need some guidance or you want to um, learn from somebody who's been through it and who has removed herself and is now thankful and grateful for the life that I have. Um, that is why I am getting that program together. Uh, some of the things that keep people from wanting to learn is fear, obviously fear of the unknown, uh, fear of possibly being caught. If you've got people looking at your computers or your technical devices, I get that. So we're going to keep it as safe as we can, but it is an opportunity for you, no matter where you are, to participate in one of my coaching programs. And the reason I'm not supposed to say is I don't have a link to give you to go register and pay for that yet. It is going to be very affordable. It will be an initial payment uh, to get in, which will include the Freedom Me online program, and then it'll be a month monthly subscription. So you can stay in or drop out whenever you want. And I think that's gonna be great uh, for people who are um, in all different situations because some people are gonna to wanna to be in it three months, some people are gonna to wanna to be in it for a year. So that is the biggest announcement that I have and I am chomping at the bit to get started. I'm hoping we can start the classes the beginning of June. So um, if you are interested in that and you know you're interested in that, shoot me a message through Facebook so I at least get you on a waiting list so when the link is ready to register, I can go ahead and get that out for you. Um, I have had the opportunity to meet so many people in this last month, and I, I think a lot of them are actually finding me through the podcast, podcast which is a blessing. Um, but one of the things that I know people are struggling with, and I, I think I've touched on this possibly in a couple podcasts, but what is it like once you remove yourself from that toxic situation? You know, what is it like when, when you've removed yourself from that friend group and now uh, what do you do? Or you've removed yourself from that family um, dynamic that wasn't healthy, and now what are you supposed to do? You know, you've removed yourself from that marriage or you've removed yourself from that relationship, and what are you supposed to be feeling? How are you supposed to be acting? What's the next step? Uh, I go through all of that, obviously, 
in the coaching programs because a lot of my coaching is self-discovery. When you've been raised in a toxic environment, been surrounded by people that are toxic or um, have been in a toxic intimate relationship, um, your, your world is kind of turned upside down when you make the decision to choose yourself. So everybody's situation is obviously different when it comes to this, but I do have a few points that I can touch on that may hit home with some people. I feel like um, not only myself going through um, repetitive toxic situations, but also clients that I see come through. Many are very similar to me. Um, many are, you know, handle things different than I do. But at, at the end of the day, we all struggle with how we are supposed to feel, how we are supposed to act, and how we are supposed to move forward from this. So a lot of times I will see people doing one of two things. Either you step out or you make the decision to leave or remove yourself or end it or leave the job or change friend groups or whatever it is. Um, you will become very secluded, afraid of everyone, unapproachable, worried people aren't going to like you and very, very quiet. Maybe, maybe not talking at all. Maybe some kind of, I don't know if this is better than the other thoughts. Um, you know, very, very to yourself, uh, not allowing yourself to be outgoing and that's okay. That is totally okay. Now the extreme that I see on the other hand is you want everybody to know what you've been through. You want everybody to know exactly what happened, how bad these people were, how bad the work environment was, how bad this friendship was, how bad the marriage was, how bad your upbringing was, so that you make sure that everybody that knows that you removed yourself knows the reason why you did. And you, you catch yourself talking all the time and explaining yourself over and over and over, frankly, to people who absolutely don't understand it. So I feel like when you, when you make the move to remove yourself, most people are either one extreme or the other. So if you found that you're one that, that kind of is secluded and um, stays to yourself and isn't really talking at all because it's stressful to talk about it, you just left a stressful environment and now, um, now people want to know why you're not there and why you're not talking to your parents or, you know, why you've decided to leave the marriage or, you know, how come this friend group was your friend group since high school and now all of a sudden, you know, you're not there. Um, and it's stressful to talk about because it kind of throws your body back into that same situation. So it's totally okay if you're not talking. However, don't stay there very long and don't slip into um, a anxious to even be a, around people type of state. Yeah, you can be quiet for a while and you you totally are given permission to not talk about it. Uh, but you still need to know that we do have to deal with it. Just because you left and aren't talking doesn't mean you can ignore it. And I am a perfect example of that. I am a, I was a big ignorer when I was in my toxic situations. Um, if I didn't say anything about it, I could stuff it down and it could go away. Okay, when you remove yourself, it's the same thing. You can stuff it down, but eventually it comes out because it comes out in triggers and it comes out in you know other relationships and it comes out messy and it comes out ugly. So if you are one that has removed yourself and you're quiet, that's okay. You know, use that time to really do some self-reflection. That's exactly what I would encourage. Now, if you're one of the ones that really wants to make sure that 
everybody knows exactly why you left so that nobody's judging you and they understand the situation that was going on in the house or they understand the situation that was going on at work that they may not have seen from the outside. I get that too. However, those people are not going to understand it and it's exhausting to you to keep doing it. And the more you talk about the toxic person, the less it helps you. The more you bring it up and the more you make excuses and the more you revive all of the incidents that happened is the more you're still in it. So don't feel the need to explain your actions. If you've made the decision to choose yourself and remove yourself, don't feel the need to explain your actions to everybody. This is very difficult. Um, you've been kind of trained in a toxic environment to defend yourself. Remember, toxic people want a reaction, so you continually feel like, oh, I didn't do that. Oh, that's not the way it was. That's not what I said. You know, you didn't listen to me. We're always defending ourselves. So once you make the decision to leave, calm down, take a breath, and realize you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Yes, you eventually want people to understand why you've left because maybe, maybe you're one that from the public eye, the light really looks bad on you. You know, if you've left a marriage and nobody really knew what was going on behind closed doors, initially people are going to go, I can't believe they left. They were such a cute couple. They got along so well. So you're going to feel like you're standing in the bad light. But I promise you, with patience and your integrity and keeping yourself true to you, the truth will come out and you're not going to have to say a single thing. So if you are in a spot where you don't really know how to how to act because you've removed yourself from a situation, don't worry about it. Don't worry about explaining and don't worry about making sure that people know that you're going to make the toxic people pay. Because at the end of the day, toxic people don't pay because they have never done anything wrong. You will never get a toxic person to see how bad they hurt you and how sad you are and how much pain you've been through. So there comes a time when you just stop it. You just stop. You stop the explaining, you stop the arguing, you stop the defending yourself, and you just put a little calm in and a little patience in. Because as long as you're stirring it up, it's still there. So either way, whichever, and sometimes that's a personality thing. You know, your introverts are gonna be quiet, your extroverts are gonna want everybody on the planet to know exactly what's going on. So just really try and rein yourself in because you've just removed yourself, so why keep your head in it? Easier said than done, obviously. Um, I have some tools to help you with, with that reining yourself back in type of thing. The second thing that you're going to feel when you, when you decide to remove yourself or um, cut a toxic person off or leave a toxic environment is kind of a, I don't know what to do with my hands type of feeling. You know, if you've been in a household where there's children and there's a spouse and there's activities and there's housework and there's laundry and there's meals and there's all this, you know, stuff going on and you're on a schedule and you're running kids here and there and, you know, you're working and all this, all of a sudden, all of that stops. And what do you, what do, you do now? Like I come home from work and on the nights I don't have the kids, I don't have to cook and I don't have to clean and I don't have to do laundry and I don't have to run them around. So... You know, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing? And I think that that's a struggle that makes people perceive, oh, now I'm alone. Now I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. You know, your routine has changed. Your environment has changed. Your schedule has changed. Your entire surrounding 
and the way that you have been forced to think and see things has changed. So it's very normal for the, what am I supposed to do with my hands phase to come up after you've removed yourself. So um, my suggestions through that obviously is really start thinking about the stuff you used to enjoy doing. What have I always said I was going to do and I've never had time? What did I used to love doing and, and I had to give it up? Who are the people that I really enjoyed spending time with? You know, really start thinking about you because now your routine, your environment, your schedule, and your surrounding, you get to pick that. And if you were one that's, you know, decisions got made um, for you and you were kind of um, the yes ma'am, no, no sir, yes sir type person, um, the gopher for the family, I just do what people tell me to do, I just keep people happy. Uh, you're going to have trouble with that because you don't have anybody doing that. So you have to realize this is your time. This is your turn to tell your, to tell yourself what to do. And I think uh, there's a financial advisor uh, in my life that I'm pretty close to. I sit on a couple boards with her. And, and when I listen to her talk about finances, she says, if you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to go away. You know, and I'm not really a budgeter. And every time I hear her say that, I think, ooh, she's exactly right. I should get on a budget. This is kind of the same thing. If you don't tell your life and your time where to go, it's going to go away. And more often than not, your brain is going to revert to the negative and revert to the things that you've lost and revert to the things that have changed and, and go to the things that you think that you have given up. So unless you tell your brain and your thinking where to go, it's gonna go down the rabbit hole to the negative. So when you're in the what do I do with my hand stage, that's a tough one because you have to put yourself out there in whatever way, um, whether it's seeking friends or seeking hobbies or trying something new. Um, the what do I do with my hands phase is probably the most difficult because of self-confidence, self-esteem and self-worth issues. Um, the other big thing that I want to talk about is when what to expect when you first remove yourself. This is something that doesn't immediately go away. Um, sometimes it never goes away for some people, but uh, emotions are all over the place, okay? Uh, every one of my clients will say, I don't know, I don't feel like myself. I don't really, I feel like I've been pretending that I'm happy in this job or I've been, been pretending that I'm okay when I'm around, you know, my toxic parent or I've been pretending that I'm happy in my marriage so that, so that the kids don't know or so our friends don't know. Um, but honestly, I feel like I'm numb. Like I don't really ever feel like I'm happy and I don't really ever feel like I'm sad. And part of the reason this is, is because if you are indeed in a toxic environment, continually, chronically, day to day, you become numb. Why? It is your body's protection mechanism. An emotional abuser, an emotional manipulator, and a narcissistic personality will use your emotions against you to get them what they need. So just like the person who, you know, if somebody's throwing stuff at you, you, you know, hold your arms up as protection. When the emotional abuse and the manipulation and the toxic tactics start attacking, 
you have to protect yourself. And because a toxic person feeds off of your emotions, you stop them. You put your arms up. You don't let your emotions involve, get involved anymore because your feelings get hurt. You get upset. You feel rejected. So when you're in an environment where toxicity has become normal, chances are you have adopted some level of numbness. Uh, criticisms, name calling, all of that kind of stuff, um, that is emotional warfare. And emotional warfare makes you react to whatever it is that they want. And when they call you names and they criticize you, they knock you down a notch so that they feel better. But what does that do to us people who are emotional? Well, it hurts our feelings, right? So day in and day out in a toxic relationship, when your feelings are getting hurt, your body is, is automatically going to put up a shield so your feelings won't get hurt. So what's going to happen is your body's going to say, and your mind is going to say, I don't care what you call me. I don't care how many um, criticisms you give me. I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm going to let it roll off my back. So immediately you're shutting down your emotions so that your feelings don't get hurt. And on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we can't really be happy in a toxic relationship either. Because if we're happy and something's giving us joy, that takes the attention off of the toxic person. So they're not going to let us be happy for very long either. So if you're happy, 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 and they pick a fight, or if you've accomplished something great and you're super excited, they're going to tell you how it's not really that great, or they're not going to celebrate that with you, or they'll celebrate the next step that you take. You know, once, once you do the next thing, then they'll celebrate with you. Because again, what that does is it hurts your feelings and makes you feel like you're not good enough. So when you're dealing with trying to be happy, they don't let you be happy long enough without pulling the rug out from underneath you. So just like you're not going to let the criticisms make you sad, you're not going to let anything in your life make you happy for fear of a toxic person ruining it for you. So our uh, feelings over here on the negative side are shut off. So nothing negative is going to hurt us. And over here on the positive side, we've shut those feelings off too because we're not allowed to be happy unless they've made us happy because they need the attention. So now we've shut off the emotions to being happy and we've shut off the emotions to being sad. So what does that leave? That leaves this kind of mediocre, middle of the road, gray area emotion, which is what we call numb. So if you've been in protection mode from an emotional abuser and you've been holding your arms up as a shield you are probably somewhat emotionally numb. Now, this is one thing that clients, my clients, and I see my um, people closest to me, and I saw it in myself. This is a tough one to deal with once you've removed yourself from a toxic environment because remember, emotional people are the targets for toxic people because they want to control you emotionally, right? So we know we're emotional beings. So when you remove yourself, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start feeling. And if you've spent years not feeling, feeling is really uncomfortable. So immediately you start feeling, oh, we don't want to feel, cut that off. You know, you start feeling sad. Oh, don't feel sad. You know, I 
you couldn't have paid me to watch a Hallmark movie shortly after I removed myself from a toxic environment. The last thing I wanted to do was cry, right? I don't want those feelings. No, thank you. Um, and you know, when something good would happen, I would be excited to be happy, but I'd be very on guard because happiness doesn't last very long. It only happens for a minute and then it gets upset and it gets ruined. So um, when, you, when you get out and you start moving forward, uh, my daughter calls it the feels. Oh, I, I'm getting the feels. Yeah, I know. The feels suck because we don't feel protected. We feel vulnerable when we start feeling. So one of the things that, that I suggest, and this is, this is silly, but when you know that you're emotionally numb and you know that at some point you need to start feeling emotional again through the healing and recovery process, start paying attention to everything you feel tactilely with your hands, what you're tasting. You know, um, feel the blanket, the, you know, the soft blanket. When you're in the shower, consciously make an effort to feel the water. Feel, you know, the heated seat. Feel the coffee cup. Feel anything you taste. Make a note of the taste so that you are consciously um, taking what you're feeling and mentally digesting it. Because even though that's elementary and that is way different than feeling emotionally, it's going to start putting you back in tune with how feeling and feelings affect you. And, and again, people think it's silly, but they will say, I was kind of in touch with everything this week, which put me back in touch with me. So, you know, if you've been walking on eggshells because you always have to brace yourself for the next thing, make a mental note that you might have some emotional numbness going on. And if that is the case, that's okay, but we want you back. We want the emotional you back. We want you to heal. We want you to be happy. We want you to laugh. We want you to cry. Um, now it is hysterical for me to watch a Hallmark movie. I barely make it through the introductions and I'm crying. Like I have so much emotion. People who've seen me speak or at the conferences, I'll be talking along about something and all of a sudden my eyes are full of water. And something along the way has emotionally hit me. And because I was numb for so long, I really am way more emotional than I ever, ever thought I was. So I hope this helps some of the people because this has popped up a lot recently um, in my work with my clients on, you know, I'm, I'm scared to feel, I'm scared to do this, I'm scared to get in another relationship because what if I like him or I'm scared to, you know, a lot of this fear of feeling. So, you know, just to recap a few of the things, you don't have to explain yourself when you remove yourself. The truth will come out and if you're patient and you're, you know, the good person that you've always been, it's okay. Not everybody needs to know and the more you talk about it, the more you stay in it. The what do you do with your hands phase? If you need examples on how to get out there and how to start doing something and discovering what you like and you know what you want to do, let me know. Um, that's just a start by starting. You don't have to you don't have to see the staircase. You just have to see the first step. And then as far as the emotional numbness, start feeling. Start feeling things, tasting things, hearing things, smelling things, um, which will lead to you being more in touch with yourself. So when the feels do pop up, it's not near as scary. So I hope this gave a little bit of insight. I know um, when you remove yourself, it is it is way bigger than what I'm talking about in the podcast. Uh, removing yourself, a lot of times you think is the step, 
that's going to free you. But what goes beyond the removing yourself is the healing. And um, that is a lot of work. And you will learn a lot about yourself as you go through the healing from a toxic relationship. But that is also where you discover yourself. So in my opinion, the healing is the most important part of the recovery because that's where you find you. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope to speak to you soon. And again, if you are not in the Strength Within um, support group on Facebook, I encourage you to get in there if you are struggling with a um, incident uh, currently because there is a lot of good support in there. And um, message me on Facebook. You can message me on Instagram. The toxicity profile analysis is a way that if you know you have been wondering if you're in a relationship that may be unhealthy for you, the toxicity profile is a lengthy questionnaire. There's a reason it's lengthy. I apologize that it's lengthy. But um, each question covers one of the 21 characteristics. The result you get will be a mild, moderate, or severely affected by toxic traits of other people. Uh, the results I get when you submit it are completely different. By me looking at the results, I many times can tell exactly what type of personality you're dealing with, which saves you a lot of explanation should you decide to do a consultation or speak with me one-on-one. -on -one. That way you don't have to tell your, own, your whole story. Um, some people take the TPA and then they just book the consult so I can explain the TPA to them and then they choose to listen to the podcast or get their education other ways. And um, that is totally encouraged. I was in a um, meeting this morning and there was two trauma therapists that were presenting um, and I actually learned a lot from them. So I'm hoping I can get one of them to be on the show eventually because she had some great information on different signs and symptoms, especially to look for in your kids when you're going through a divorce or um, separating. So that was encouraging to me and I'm hoping to get um, one of them on the podcast. I hope you all have a great day. The sun is starting to shine here and um, it looks like my lawn needs to be mowed again. So that's what I'm going to go do next. Um, message me, message me with questions. Message me also if you found this podcast helpful. I appreciate each and every one of you.